coming off the top of the cage. It is the top of the cage podcast. I am Bill, joined always by my wrestling cohort, Justin Juice Cannon. Juice, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, Billy. Doing good. Um, you know, lots to talk about tonight. Lots, uh, lots of takeaways from last week. Uh, also, one thing I want to say before we start is, um, if you're listening, we record on Tuesdays, but we're going to start recording on Thursdays starting next time, the next normal episode, in case we have an interview before that. So yeah, so it'll be a little more timely in um, what we talk about. So that'll be good. Um, there'll be less like missed things. It should be uh, good. It should be better. Yeah, we'll only miss one SmackDown at that point. We'll be like the uh, Hulu recordings for SmackDown. They're like two weeks behind or something like that, right? So let's just uh, jump right into things. Um, before before we go on the takeaways, I'll say just make sure to follow us on social. Twitter, it's capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore P, capital O-D. Instagram, it's T-O-T-C, underscore pod. We got we to gotta work Twitter. We got to work ourselves into a shoot with them they got to give us those consistent names our instagram or who, who are we shooting on twitter or instagram uh i say instagram all right instagram get your shit together they didn't let me make capital t-o-t-c <laughs> that should have been part of that like 12 hour span you were down for the other week should have allowed us to put capitals in our app facts that should have been that should have been the deal. That should have been what's up. Okay, so we can start with the takeaways. We'll start with NXT from last week, October 5th. The, they officially announced that Swerve versus Escobar for the North American title would happen, and that's happening as we speak. So that should be a great match, and I expect Escobar will win since Hit Row and Swerve are all going to SmackDown, as they should. Other things that happened, Cora Jade got a win over Frankie Monet last week, which I like that. I like giving the young Cora Jade a win. Uh, I was a fan, fan of Elena Black, a fan of Cora Jade. Also, NXT, once again, they're going like very couple love heavy, and they are getting more like mature in the substance matter, as you can tell by Johnny Gargano seeing Dexter Loomis holding a bunch of condoms. <laughs> Give the thumbs up. It's, uh, I know that was two weeks ago, not last week's, but... um. Yeah, NXT is getting getting edgier, and NXT 2.0 is definitely a new experience. Also on this episode of NXT, we also saw the debut of one Tony D'Angelo. I think that Tony D'Angelo is going to be a great character. I really liked that right off the bat, he just tried to hand the money, the ref money before the match even started, attempting to kind of just buy him out. I hope that one of these times, if that's like a continuous thing that he keeps doing, we get like a crooked ref scenario where like the ref actually does take the money. I hope so too. And, um, you know, it's funny. Uh, he had his debut last week and um, he was also just talking like an Italian monster during the match. It was great. He's a fun, he's a, he's going to be a fun character. Um, you know, I, I hope they do something. Maybe if you listen to our last episode, well, actually not our last episode, uh, two episodes ago, the Xavier Woods King of the Ring episode, uh, we talked about, we fantasy both Tony D'Angelo. So I'm excited for uh, Tony as a fellow Italian, you know, represent. Uh, you're doing a good job so far. I love that he wrestled in a, in a, <laughs> a white beater and, um, you know, a white beater tank top and a 
in track track pants like the mobster track suit i love it i love it i'm all in and tony all in to the moon for tony d'angelo uh you have any other takeaways from nxt that happened on uh october 5th we go at this point of recording they did officially announce that uh, Champa and Braun Breaker will face for the NXT Championship at Halloween Havoc. I know Champa just won the title again, but I could see him losing here. I, 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 I'm still going to go with Champa, but I think it's it's not that easy with NXT 2.0. They want to go in a younger direction. They totally could have him lose, or they could have him win and set up someone else, one of the other younger talents. Maybe Tony or someone like that, or maybe um, not one of the younger talents. Maybe established guy like, well, a, a established young talent like Pete Dunn, or a veteran that's not old, but it's not young either. Well, wrestling young, he's 34, I think. And it's Kyle Riley, which I forget for. So you never know. I mean, I'm curious to see what direction to take. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking Braun Breaker. I don't like his name, but I do like him. He's got good charisma about him. He's better on the mic than I thought. I mean, he's not saying a bunch of words, but he's got good intensity to him, and I love that. So uh, I'm excited for the match. I'm excited to see what they do. Agreed. I think um, I think I also see Ciampa retaining. Who knows? NXT 2.0 kind of seems to be full of surprises right now. Yeah, you don't know what direction they're going to go in. So now we'll go to the next night. Um, October 6th, Wednesday, Dynamite happened. The TBS Championship Tournament, the new women's title belt, got announced. Uh, we'll talk about that late in the later segment. Yeah, that, that was exciting news, and we'll get more specific about that later. Also, Hangman returned at the latter match. Um, I am the boy who cried Braun Strowman. I'll continue to cry Braun Strowman. I'll probably make a Braun Strowman bound for glory prediction. I'll be wrong. And, you know, you know, boy who cried, cried Braun Strowman. Hangman won. Uh, we'll talk about the casino latter match in, um, a little bit later as well, but... um. Well, we can talk about the actual match. I like how they set it up. It's um the six the six announced people that are in it. They're all rivalries. There's Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy who are feuding. Moxley and Lance Archer who are like perennial rivals from New Japan and now AW. It's not they don't have like an active feud, but they are enemies. And then of course Pac and Andrade are recent foes as well. So I like that, and I think making the Joker Hangman just made a lot of sense. Like. When I picked up on that during the match, I was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely Hangman. Because who's, who's Hangman's greatest rival? Kenny Omega, his former tag team, his former friend and uh, now bitter rival. And, and Hangman, of course, won the match. And I, I, I think he will have a title match at full gear. And I don't see him losing. Uh, I think they'll finally put the strap on him. I'm curious when Brian will get his shot at a... Kenny, I'm, I assume it will be before full gear, but maybe that'll be a full gear. And then they'll do like a three weeks after full gear. Hangman will finally face Ken, kind of like Kenny three weeks after full gear face Mox. So I'm curious what to see uh, they're going to do there. I'm excited for the bracket for the, the women's tournament to come out too. Um, it's featuring Kim Young Talent. I hope Serena Deeb's in it. And going to three, Serena Deeb, she, she had a huge win over Sheeta. They were hyping up as a Sheeta. She, if Sheeta won, it would be her 50th win. They made a little trophy and everything. I love people on Twitter like, oh, they made a trophy for it. Then what's this match even doing? It's useless. She's obviously going to win. And, I, uh, you know, you don't say that because then Steve won and then beat her up 
Kirby, and I love it. Uh, I'm a deep, I'm a deep fan. Deep's, Deep's who I want to win the TBS tournament. Uh, I'll say that more later, but I'm a big deep fan. She's, she keeps putting on match the night for one of the best matches of the night and every single AW show pay-per-view event that she's in. She's, she's on a roll. I hope she's heavily featured more. She's fantastic. Agreed. I I was on the edge of my seat for that whole match. Actually, I, I'm really impressed with how AEW is showing their women. And I know we're gonna get into the Queen of Queen's Crown tournament a little later. And I, I know how we both felt about the matches we saw from this past Raw. However, I think AEW is killing it in the women's division. I think that Serena and Sheeta both are are killing it. And I think it's going to be interesting to see you know, how they might book this 50th win for Sheeta now, you know, hope maybe it's, she goes on like a little bit of a losing streak and then she just comes back as an absolute killer. I think that I, when I first saw the trophy, I honestly thought, all right, so she's not winning. I think that years of WWE booking for things like that have really made us all think, oh yeah, the obvious is obviously happening, but no, they surprised us. AEW surprised us. And Kind of going back to what you said as well. I mean, casino ladder match was great. Uh, I also think it's pretty interesting to see uh, Leo Rush coming out and, uh, you know, addressing Dante Martin. And I listened also to Leo Rush on Renee Young's podcast or Renee Paquette's podcast today. And, you know, as much as people have given criticism to Leo, I got to give him credit for how hard he works. You know, he definitely has an interesting story from where he's come from and where he is now. And, you know, it seems like he has really grown up from what people have said about his backstage personality previously. So I hope that uh, AEW, if they uh, have a ball in his court, that they don't drop it. You know, I think that he did prove to have some flashes in the pan for WWE. And, you know, I think that he's, he will be a great, you know, maybe eventual TNT champion. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with Leo. Um, I think him and Dante are going to have a fun relationship. And it's making it seem like he's trying to poach him as, like, an agent and be, like, a Matt Hardy to him. Like, a man, well, not, not even managers, like, make alliance with him. And Seidel as well. Seems like he's trying. they're trying to make another stable and uh, AEW is the home of five billion factions, which I like. I like, but I also am the fan of solo wrestlers, the lone wolves. You know, it seems like Hangman's donor, lone wolf yet uh, around, but he is alliance with Dark Order, but he's not part of Dark Order. But, you know, I'm a, I'm, I like some lone wolves. I'd rather Leo be a lone wolf or Dante. I'll move on to our next takeaway. And it's um, October 7th on Vice TV. At 10 o'clock after Dark Side of Ring, an hour special of Fight MLW Fightland premiered. Um, October 2nd was when Fightland's pay per view, the Fightland pay per view happened in Philadelphia, and there was a lot more matches. There was like 12 matches, but only two were shown on the Vice special, and it was a fatal four way that had Tajiri in it. Tajiri won the middleweight championship against uh, Myron Reed. Uh, Aramis and Arez, Aris, I guess, sorry, I'm not familiar with Aramis or Arez that much, so I can't really pronounce their names, but, um, to, like, masked wrestlers, painted, face-painted wrestlers, it was, it was a fun, like, middleweight, cruiserweight match, uh, it was a good opener, and then Alex Hammerstone, who was the national openweight champion, 
and versus Jacob the two, the head of Contra, and he is um he was the MLW heavyweight champion. It was a title it was a title unification match, or well, winner takes all match. I'll say it wasn't really a unification. Um, but the Contra Hunter Alex Hammerstone beat for two. This is a battle of two men who were uh, undefeated for two years. Fatou has had the title for two years, and he was brought down by the powerful Hammerstone. Fatou is a really athletic big man, um, and Hammerstone was just, is a great wrestler. It was a great match. Definitely recommend to watch for if anyone hasn't seen it. Go to Vice, look it up. But big things in the future. These men, uh, I kind of wish that Fatou's contract is up because I want to see him join the bloodline like a peer in WWE, but he is on contract until 2025 so that's not happening anytime soon i trust your opinion on good matches juice so i will be sure to go and find that one wherever it may exist let's definitely check that out uh we'll move on to the next this is smackdown october 8th this was the beginning of king of the ring tournament and queen of the crown uh king of the ring, Sammy defeated Ray. I love that. Uh, even though I'm rooting for Xavier Woods all the way, if Sammy won, I'd be happy with that too because I like Sammy more. I, I love them both, but Sammy I like more as a wrestler. He's one of my favorites. But this is a tournament Woods needs to win. So I'm still – Woods is my clear pick 100%. I will never falter on that, even if just Sammy gives us gold and just – the previews of the great king. I still go Woods. I need Woods. Um, yeah, so Sammy won. And then Finn Balor and Cesaro had a fun little match. Well, it was like 12 minutes long. Finn Balor won. And then the women's matches on that night. Liv Morgan lost to Carmella because they had to do that for the 10,000th time in the tournament. And that was the wrong choice. Like, I, I don't get what they think about Liv, Bill. Um, they keep... They keep, like, giving her these, making it seem like, oh, they're definitely going to push her. Something big's going to happen. And then they just take it away from her at the last second. Uh, it broke my heart. Um, and then Zelina Vega beats Tony Storm. I like Vega, but uh, I was hoping Tony would win that. Um, you know, they haven't really done much with her, so I thought they were just finally going to start pushing her. Uh, and it was also, both those matches were under like two and a half minutes long um actually all four queen of the crown tournament matches so far all combined were shorter than the finn balor match which was like 11 and a half minutes which is just ridiculous not a fan of that i neither am i i think it's again ridiculous that aw's women are putting on this classic match you know great story being told in the match as well against two hard-nosed competitors and then you just have WWE. I don't want to necessarily say both Carmella and Selena, you know, nothing against them. But, I mean, Liv and Tony are two of their brightest young stars. I mean, we've put them over heavily, not only in just, you know, talking about them when they come up, but also in past segments where we are like, this is their time. This is it, WWE. Here you go. Go all in. And they just don't. I, I don't get it. But... I'm happy to see, you know, Cesaro and Finn put on a really good match. 
Uh, I'm excited to see Sami Zayn win as well. I think it's interesting to see where Sami's going to go in the tournament, considering that it's culminating at Crown Jewel. And I mean, for anybody who knows how outspoken Sami Zayn has been about the whole Saudi Arabia situation, um, I'm curious to see what might happen with that. Yeah, me too, because I doubt Sami will go the Crown Jewel. So I thought Finn Balor would be the easy choice, but. Last time Finn Balor was there, he made a statement about like a in support of um, being an ally. I don't know if they might not want him there either. Maybe they could throw some. There might be some like curveball. Finn Balor's attacked backstage, and someone replaces him. It seems like it won't be Sammy. It will probably be Finn. But I don't know what's the Finn situation in Saudi either. All right, so we can now move on to a show that we saw live, and you guys can see it on, well, this is going to come out after Thursday. So hopefully you guys tuned into Chaotic Wrestling on Twitch on Thursday night to see part one of Haunting in Tewksbury. That was a really fun event to go to. My first ever uh, indie wrestling show, and I liked the vibe of Chaotic. I think that... They put on a great show. I thought it was pretty cool that the opening was like a little contest sort of thing. We had a couple of good other matches. We had a Davey M on our podcast for anybody who has not checked out that episode yet. Davey M and Anthony Green. Great match. I, I thought that they were, they, those two worked so well together. And you can hear Davey talk about it in, in the podcast as well, that, you know, AG is somebody that, she respects highly. And I mean, as well, if you guys haven't listened to our interview with Chase Del Monte, he also put AG over pretty heavy too. And I can definitely see why. We had Becca and JT Dunn as well. Again, another another great match. I, I think that Chaotic is killing it in the intergender perspective. Yeah, I, I, those two matches were really what stood out to me. I like the tag team matches as well. I will say, going into this event, not knowing too much about the unit, just knowing about how heelish they were and how... Uh, they're trying to take over chaotic wrestling was was really you know all I knew and then getting to see them seeing uh, Verna and uh, Ace working together as a as a good heel tag team and then seeing JT joining in the uh, event against Love in the City with a special guest Chase Del Monte joining in after some antics in the previous match against MSP overall good card I mean, I, I think there's one more match I'm missing uh, the Ace Austin match. Ace, oh, how can I forget the Ace? How can I literally forget the Brad Cashaway's awesome match? Again, another good match. That was also a really good match. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun show. I love how personal um, indie shows are. And I actually thought of, uh, I'm going to do a little um, match talk too. I think my match tonight is uh, Ace Austin versus Brad Cashew with the runner-up being that three-on-three tag match with uh, – love in the city and chase which they called uh, love in the mill city because chase is from lowell which is the mill city if you're not from massachusetts now you know that if you didn't know if you didn't know now you know and they faced three members of the unit jt dunn mike verna and ac ramiro of impact yeah that was my runner-up and that was a great match and uh love doug and uh crawford really impressed me. they were great in the ring that was a great match i missed it a little bit at the beginning because i was meeting ace austin the rest of the match was great i did see bits and pieces of the beginning too and i didn't miss much only a couple minutes um it was it was fast paced and fun the unit was really impressive and next takeaway for kayak uh, 
kind of like in hockey games, there's three stars. I have three stars with a chaotic uh, haunting in Tuxmer show. Uh, first star is uh, Mike Verna. He wrestled two matches. He was part of the unit, and he's had the look of the star. He's great in the ring. He's a great heel. He's funny. He was the man. I really liked him. My next star is uh, Dave Yen, the heavyweight champion. Um, she was great in the main event. Um, her and Anthony brought the house down. I could have chose either one of them for this, but I chose Davey. Um, I almost wanted to choose uh, Love in the City as a tag team because they were my favorite part of that three-on-three tag match. I go with Davey here. And my number one star was JT Dunn. The show really revolved around him. In two matches, he faced Becca for the Panoptic Championship. That was a great that was a great match. And then he was in that three-on-three tag match for the tag titles. And that was that was that was my second favorite match of the night. And he was featured, he wasn't in the, the main event, but he sat in the ramp and he was a heel because he's at rival with Davey and he's trolling him. And throughout the show, he was trying to recruit Anthony Green to the unit. Uh, it was he was the character of the night. I know that's weird. I three three of my stars I gave the two members of the unit. And so far, our two chaotic guests, our two, well, two only guests that we've had so far are Chase and Davey, who are feuding against the unit. And we are team, well, I am at least, I'm team Davey and Chase. But the unit, I'd like to have them on. They can talk shit to us, talk shit to their rivals. You know, I definitely want to have JT and the other members of the unit on at some point. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a fun show, and I can't wait for the next one. Balance of Power, October 29th in Watertown, Mass. If you're if you can in drivable distance of it, you should go. And if you're not, don't worry. It'll be on Twitch on Chaotic Wrestling's channel the Thursday after the event. So the first week of November will be part one of that event, and then part two of it will be the following Thursday. They split their events in two halves. So yeah, that's uh that's it for Haunted and Tuxedo Talk. We'll go back in time. I was trying to stay linear, but um, oh, actually no, this is linear. Sorry. Uh, on Saturday night, in Impact Wrestling had Knockups Knockdown, a little uh, pay per view special. And if and you had Impact Plus, it's included in Impact Plus. But if you didn't, you could pay ten dollars for this, and this is definitely worth ten dollars, even still is. There was the Knockouts Knockdown tournament. It was an eight person tournament with the winner getting a future opportunity to face the knockouts champion. Mercedes Martinez won the tournament, who was an outsider, but she would probably be signed to Impact at some point. I could also see her winning the title and beating either Deanna or Mickey James, whoever comes out bound for glory with the title. It was it was a fun tournament. It was a great tournament. Um, I, I thought there would be, there was one, only one quick match of all the tournament. I was surprised. Like, the stamina that all these women had was impressive. Yeah, I give a hats off to him. All the all the matches in the tournament were awesome except one. And the one that wasn't awesome was just it was just quick. It wasn't bad. It was just quick. It was Mercedes squashing Blandy. Well, not even squashing. It was like five minutes. It was like four or five minutes uh, beating Brandy One kind of quickly. It was great. The tournament was four people signed to Impact and four people not. Uh, Mercedes Martinez, Lady Frost, uh, Renee Michelle, who was Drake Maverick's wife. And um, the other one that's not signed that was in the tournament, this name escapes me. Yeah, it was great. And then they had a Monsters Ball match in tribute to Daphne. 
who was in the first um, Impact Monsters Wall match against Taylor Wilde. And as we know, Daphne passed away. They gave her a nice tribute to begin the show, a nice tribute with that match, and a tribute video right before the match. And I just remembered who the final indie talent was in the tournament, and it's Daphne's daughter, Jamie Seneca. Um, And she did a great showing in the tournament. She got eliminated in the first round, but it was a great match. I think it was Tasha Steele she faced. Yeah. Who Tasha Steele ended up um, going to the finals to face Mercedes Martinez. Tasha Steele's. That's who I was rooting for. I'm a big Tasha Steele's mark. Uh, definitely someone to watch, Billy. I recommend it and all of you. So, yeah, Knockouts Knockdown was really fun. It was a great pay per view. And also, at the very end, they want it faded the black. They didn't really fade the black. A message came up. Announcement. Huge announcement was made. The inspiration, formerly known as Iconics, will be bound for glory. This is huge news. Inspiration are with Impact, the Knockouts Tag Team Division. is a little shallow on amount of teams, not in talent, because the Impact Women's Division is one of the best. They needed a new tag team, though. And this is a massive tag team. This is a tag team that they'll probably have a title match at Bound for glory right off the bat, and will probably win. And if they don't, they'll have a match regardless, probably. They're going to make a big splash of Bound for Glory. That's all I know. And that was big news. So inspiration is with impact now. And that is fire. I love that. Me too. I think that that's a great location for them to be at right now. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what they do there. So like I said, that uh, women's division is really deep. And also impact brings in a lot of talent that's not signed to the company. So yeah, I'm looking forward to what uh, Iconics do, what that women's division does. Uh, women's wrestling is uh, really coming alive right now. Um, even though WTV's made some bad choices with the Queen of the Crown, they still have so many great, talented women. Uh, AEW used to got shit on a lot for a lack of a women's division. They're really stepping up the game and really picking it up, and they have so many great talent, and they're using them a lot better now. And then Impact, Impact's had a great women's division um, for a while as well. So the knockouts division is fire. Now we'll move on to their final takeaway. And it's uh, takeaways from Raw. It was last night because we recorded this on Tuesday. Xavier Woods and Ricochet had a great uh, King of the Ring match. And Xavier Woods won. And I love it. Kofi Kingston lost to Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal versus Xavier Woods. Go King Woods. Dewdrop beat Natty in a quick match. Um, and Shayna Baszler beat Dana Burke in a quick match. You know, the women's matches need to be longer, even with someone like Shayna Baszler who's dominant and Dewdrops who's dominant. Hopefully, Dewdrop versus Shayna Baszler next week is long. So, yeah, that's it for um, the Raw. We'll just focus on those King and Ring, Queen of Crown matches from Raw. CBS Championship Tournament talk the bracket is uh, yet to be announced, but we do know four people in it. Thunder, Thunder Rosa did a promo, Sky Blue did a promo, Jade Cargill did a promo, and Ruby Solo. Uh, Sky Blue and Jake, Jade Cargill uh, faced on Rampage. For a second, I thought it was part of the tournament, but it wasn't, I don't think. It wasn't. Yeah, we're still waiting on four other uh, people in the tournament to even announce. It might even be more than eight. I assume it will be eight. Uh, usually it's safe to say it's eight, but who knows? It could be 16. Um, they just split them up on Dark and Rampage and Dynamite. 
um, kind of like the last invitational tournament. The TBS championship tournament is coming soon. Uh, the person I, there's, there would be a lot of people I'm fine with winning. Ruby would be a great choice. Uh, Thunder Rosa would be great. I know those are two of the most popular choices. Um, the person I'm rooting, uh, Chris Statlander is another great choice too. Jade, Jade would be great. Um, the person I'm rooting for is Serena T. I said this earlier in the podcast. That's who I want to win. I hope she's in tournament. I feel like if she is in tournament, it's going to be her versus Sheeta like again, either in the first or second round, and she's going to finally get her 50th win against Deeb. I hope that's not the case. I hope Deeb, Deeb uses that. I hope Deeb and Sheeta are kind of done. I hope. I doubt they are, but I want Deeb. Or, or if they're not done, I hope Deeb just wins. Just keeps winning. Uh, I want Deeb to be a TBS champion. I think personally, I would like to see Ruby win it. Uh, I just have been a huge Ruby mark since her times as Ruby Riot in WWE. I was a, I liked the Riot Squad a lot. All three of the women that were involved in that. I I just hope we see Ruby kind of get her time to shine. I was actually really hoping that she would win the AW Women's Championship when she uh, was the Joker, but. Beggars can't be choosers. I would more than happy to see her win the other women's championship. I know kind of how the TV, the TNT championship is presented as equal to, if not just a little bit lower than the AEW world championship. So I'm expecting the same for the TBS championship. And I would love to see Ruby be the first person to hold that title. Excited for the tournament to start. I hope it starts very soon and we'll probably find out more about it on Dynamite this week. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Okay, now um, now time for push job release. I'll explain it real quickly. We got two of the do. Push is just top of the card, the upper card, the face of the company. Job, um, not necessarily being a jobber. It's actually more so just uh, they stay the mid card. They can be mid card mid card champion or tag team champion, but nothing more. Release, uh, we have to we have to say goodbye to someone. We don't want to, but we have to cut. Um, make room for more talent and uh, save money because these are three uh, similar stars. And now we'll start with push job releases. Uh, the first one we'll do is Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Moxley. I'll just jump in and get mine. Um, I would push Drew McIntyre. Drew, Drew's my boy, former champion. I think he needs his time for the fans. Great in the ring. That's what I'm doing there. I'm jobbing Bobby. I love Bobby. Finally, guys, time in the sun. I, uh, it was it was a good little rain, and um, but I think a mid card championship we go for two because you have to choose one. And I just think Drew's the mm, best superstar and best wrestler of the three. Mox, uh, I'd cut Mox. Um, he he's a great wrestler, but I'm not as high on him as other people are. Uh, I I've had a very back and forth relationship on Moxley slash Dean Ambrose. At one point, I liked Dean Ambrose, and I oh, I didn't like Dean Ambrose. Then I liked Dean Ambrose, and then I, I loved Moxley when he first debuted. And then I just, during his title reign, I wasn't a big fan of his title reign. I thought all his promos were kind of the same. And now I like Mox again, now that he doesn't have a title. But, um, yeah, but I'd release Mox, let him go elsewhere. Um, I'd be another big star in, like, a AW. So, yeah, that's my push job release for those three. Billy, what about you? So, for my push, I would go with Drew McIntyre for very similar reasons as you. I do believe that Drew has many more WWE championship runs in him, not even just a few. Um, 
He also just has the best look out of the three to me. He just looks like a superstar. Looks like a dude that can kick your ass. And, you know, for me, that's what I would love for my champion to be. A dude that looks like he's just going to kick your ass. Now, going to the job in release, it's tough for me because I've always been a big Dean Ambrose mark, which translated to me being a Moxley mark. And knowing the history of John Moxley, once he became John Moxley again, you know, it was very encouraged. Like all of you need to go find out who John Moxley is. Now you need to realize that this guy is not Dean Ambrose anymore. He is back to being that crazy son of a bitch, John Moxley. And, you know, I, I have to keep the Titty Master on my roster. I think that Moxley is going to be jobbed. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a jobber, but I think that he's a great benchmark for young wrestlers who are on the cusp of fame. I think that, you know, although you think that his promos are all pretty much the same, I think that they they work because Moxley gets it all done in the ring. You know, he, he really is a action-speak-louder-than-words type of wrestler. And, you know, he doesn't have to be perfect and always have to have the exactly great promos. I think that put him in the ring with whoever is trying to prove themselves, who is, you know, getting out of the mid card and he will dominate or he will, he will not dominate the match per se, but he will dominate the performance. And then that leaves releasing Bobby. I'm going to be honest. When Bobby was in WWE in his first stint, I was really young and I loved Bobby Lashley. I loved Bobby Lashley when he overcame Umaga for Donald Trump in the battle of the billionaires and seeing Bobby fight with the McMahons and Umaga over the ECW title, part of me really liked that as a kid, which in retrospect killed ECW, essentially. Any hope it had for continuing, at least. But Impact Bobby, I thought, was, was phenomenal. And then the Almighty coming back to WWE after. Again, I thought he was pretty good, but... I, there's just something about him that is tough for me to get behind now. And I just really can't put my finger on it. Am I upset that he was a recent WWE champion? Not necessarily, but am I, am I more, way more happy that it's Big E now? Absolutely. I, I think that I'm not going to be too hurt releasing Bobby here. I think that I would much rather have keeping Drew and Mox on my roster than him. And will he find success somewhere else? Maybe, maybe he'll go back to impact and, you know, be the Lashley of old there. That will lead us to our next push job release. This one is just impossible. <laughs> I just don't know how, where I'm going with this. I'm yes. going to let you go first. Yes, so I posed this one to us because I was trying to think of a theme. So, like, the theme for the last one was all, you know, former, the last former World Heavyweight Champions for their respective brands. And this one, the theme I'm going for is guys who made triumphant returns after a long period away from wrestling. And the three I have chose are CM Punk, Ryan Danielson, and Edge. Which, as you said, that's like literally impossible. <laughs> so I think that I push Brian. I fucking love Daniel Bryan. I, I Dan, arguably the Yes Movement really helped me get back into wrestling. I mean, his his climb from being an 18-second match with Sheamus at WrestleMania to literally leading the revolution of fans getting their way in WWE is, is like, that's top tier to me. Like, that's a guy that is forever etched in WWE history for me. I think I'm jobbing CM Punk 
just because I think that comparatively to Edge, he still has the most to give. Edge is a guy that has, you know, a long history with injuries. And yes, I know that he is 100% medically cleared. And obviously he wouldn't be participating in a Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins for Crown Jewel if he wasn't able to go. It's just, he is a WWE Hall of Famer. In my company, I think that Edge had a good ending. Personally, I wasn't a big fan of him winning the Rumble. I think that the Rumble should always be used to get guys to the next level and or guys who have already been at that level but need a championship opportunity but don't necessarily have a good story going for them. I think that's what the Rumble should be for. Am I upset? You know, at the end of the day, I'm not that upset because, again, love Edge. I grew up watching Edge. I really can't be upset about Edge, you know, still wrestling and giving out performances. And, I mean, a grudge math with Seth Rollins and a hell in a cell. And as we said on the last uh, episode, you know, we like – gimmick matches for storyline reasons not you know pay-per-view reasons and this is a clear example of hell in a cell is being used for a true match that deserves to be in a hell in a cell but that still doesn't mean i'm keeping edge on my roster i think punk in a similar role he is with aw you know he's gonna get a couple wins but then he's gonna put over one young guy and that young guy's stock instantly flies to the moon and you know that's that's why i'd want to keep cm punk in my company uh, I just want to say with the Edge winning the Royal Rumble, um, I, I honestly disagree with you there, Billy. Uh, I respect your opinion. I get it. I get why you say that. Uh, most of the time, I, I do think Royal Rumble should be used to get guys to the next level. But um, it's also a huge accolade, uh, accolade that if you win one, it adds your Hall of Fame status. And I think with him having a nine-year abs- absence because of that neck injury, he got taken away from wrestling too soon and didn't get a few world championships that he would have had. And I think him returning and then knowing that he wasn't going to beat Reigns at WrestleMania for the title, I think giving him the accolade of the Royal Rumble win adds to the legend of Edge and does still make him a huge threat, especially since they don't really, it doesn't seem like they're going to put the title on him anytime soon, if at all. So I think still making a threat by making him win the Royal Rumble and win these huge matches and stuff like that is still important. Yeah, so that, that's it for that. Uh, I'll go to the push job release. I think I'm pushing Brian here to uh, mainly I try to keep my bias out of it, but um, Drew is my, my boy of those three, and I picked him to push. Uh, Brian's also my boy. I love the Yes Movement as just like you. We have very similar tastes um, for the most part. And yeah, Brian, uh, he can go in the ring. He can talk. He is a master of the game. Yeah, I'm pushing him. Um, give him more title runs. Uh, I'm jobbing, I'm jobbing, I, I think I'm doing the same as you, I'm jobbing Punk and releasing Edge, um, letting Edge maybe go back to acting, spend time with his family, um, the legend of Edge, or just go to another company if he wants. Um, it's tough, it's tough, but uh, yeah, I think I agree with you, pushing Brian Danielson, jobbing CM Punk, and releasing Edge probably because he is gonna, the most injury risk of the three um they all have you know they're all older around the same age and um brian danielson also does have an injury history but um i think he's the best of three in the ring and the guy i trust the most to lead my company even though i trust them all very similar amounts (laughs) like it's a a tiny micro fraction of amount difference between all of them yeah uh that that's that's it for push job release uh, those are tough ones, especially that's that one that Billy gave. 
Uh, that ends push job release though. Now we'll uh, move on to um, oh, a quick talk. Uh, Johnny Gargano's contract is close to ending. Uh, ends in December as reported. In Twitter bio, he took off NXT from his Twitter. And um, he's still with NXT. So I'm curious to see what the future holds. Um, he's about to have a child. Also, like, it doesn't seem like they really have a storyline story plan for him anytime soon in NXT. Um, they're, going, they're going more younger talent forward. But he's a guy that can put younger talent over, and he's a guy who doesn't mind giving to the younger talent. He doesn't mind putting guys over. I mean, this man, he it didn't seem like he had any issues with only having a two-month NXT championship ring. Yeah, this guy can go. I, I, I want him to stay with WWE, I think, and I'd like to see him on the main roster. I know a lot of people think that because uh, he's older and short, that that's not a – it's not a Vince McMahon guy, but this guy's work rate is incredible. This guy is phenomenal in the ring. Um, his character work is one of the best. I, I think people don't give him enough credit at times. I think he's a fantastic heel. He's a fantastic baby. A comparison that I see a lot is Daniel Bryan. I feel very similar similar ways about both. Johnny Gargano is one of my all-time favorites. I love this man. Um, wherever he decides... He's got my support. AEW would definitely be a lot of great matches. And I, I, I've I, been begging for Daniel Bryan versus Johnny Gargano for a long time. But actually, no, I changed my mind. Uh, I don't want him to stay with the WWE. I want to go to AEW. I want Daniel Bryan versus Johnny Gargano. <laughs> Absolutely fair, though. I've always seen Gargano as a WWE lifer. Like you said, I think that I akin him to a Daniel Bryan always is going to be considered kind of an underdog, but at the same time has the fan support, has the character work to back it up, even if he is a heel. I think that, you know, with, with his wife still in the company as well, you know, I, I, that's, that's partially the reason why I'm thinking he might stay. It depends on, you know, maybe we'll see what her status is coming up soon too. But, you know, I think for right now, I'm going to say Gargano sticks with WWE. I'd love to see him and Ciampa main event uh, some form of a WWE main roster pay-per-view for a world title. You know, that, that just to me as an NXT fan of their, you know, really pinnacle peak time of NXT, you know, I, I've always wanted to see that. So I'm hoping that, you know, although we have gotten plenty of main events of them fighting over the NXT championship, I think it would just be a little bit more special seeing it main roster for the real deal big belt. There are rivalries in every division in wrestling, every company that you just keep going back to. Impact right now, it's Edwards and Sam Callahan, Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Well, four host women, it's really interchangeable. Bailey through Sasha, it's really any of them when you really think about it. Um, you know, Sean and Brett um, of the past, AW, it seems like um, the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros, or uh, seems like. Kenny and uh, Hangman might turn into that as well. And I think NXT Ciampa versus Gargano is that. Um, that is an iconic rivalry in NXT. And another one in WWE that started off in NXT is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, um, two very close friends and their, you know, wedding parties. Um, 
both both groups. I mean, Champa and Gagano are also very, very close. So, yeah, I'd love to see that in the main roster, too, if Gargano stays. Um, that, that would be awesome to see that in the main roster and see that for the WWE Championship or Universal title or something. I'd love that. I mean, I think my answer is still Gargano goes to AEW because I need Daniel Bryan versus Johnny Gargano in my veins. I need Johnny Gargano versus Kenny Omega. I just need so many matches. <laughs> Gargano's fought a lot of guys in WWE. Uh, he's fought some guys in AEW's fought because he had a time in the indies. He was he is an indie guy like Daniel Bryan. So, yeah, because people forget that Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega, they have wrestled before AEW. But, yeah, uh, yeah, good luck to Johnny, wherever you decide. Whatever way you choose, that's the way. And, yeah, that's a pun on purpose. You always got my support, brother. I love you. Uh, Young Stud, Studette Spotlight, uh, where we talk about wrestler that's 29 and under. Um, I'll start with mine. I was going to go Hangman, but he's 30, turned 30 in July. So I changed it to Cameron Grimes, who's 28. Uh, you know, I've talked about Cameron Grimes, and I say, to the moon all the time. Um, I love this man. He's, he's got two great catchphrases. Made the multi, uh, the million-dollar championship relevant once again. Uh, he is uh, a riot. He's good in the ring. He... I love watching. He's an entertaining man, and the future is bright for him. I'm, now he's in, like, a date. He, he's trying to find love. I'm curious uh, if you find love and who it is, and I don't know. I mean, he, he's funny, so I'm, I'm willing to watch anything Cameron Grimes. I think Cameron Grimes can make any storyline work, and I mean any storyline. This man is entertaining. I would agree with that. Uh, when he first kind of broke onto the scene for NXT, I was not a big fan of him. I'll be honest. His recent work again with LA Knight in the Million Dollar Championship has really sold me on him. I also like that he became the crypto millionaire too. Like that's that's just a great gimmick. I, I think that's really fucking funny. Yeah, like I said, I I I used to feel pretty sour on Cameron Grimes. And recently he's I've really started to come around to him, especially talking to you a lot too, kind of you know, really opening my eyes to truly how good his character work is, how much he's starting to look like he's improving in the ring from, you know, back when I first really was watching him. And I think that NXT is a great place for him now. And I, I am, I'm surprised that he's honestly under the age of 30, 29, technically, because he just looks older, you know, like he has just has that natural older look with his, you know, hairy body and, his has like a more like grizzled looking face almost but um i think that there is big things in his future i think that if he can continue with this character i think that it, it could translate very well to the main roster uh, let's move on to yours who is uh, a top star yes my my theme for my pick is wait they're only 29 and it is boston massachusetts own the boss Sasha Banks. I'm shocked she's 29. I think that Sasha has already had quite the career, but the thing you have to remember about Sasha is she, and no offense to Sasha, because I really, really, really love her. She stinks at defending championships. To think that she's only 29, technically for a lot of wrestlers, you know, their 30s are their, you know, heydays. And she she's she's just hitting her stride now it almost seems you know she's really locked down the boss character i mean it's one of the most over acts on 
any main roster show, no matter where she shows up. You know, you can instantly insert her into a title feud. You can instantly insert her with the young star. And yeah, she might go over them, but I mean, she instantly makes you know a classic match out of anybody. I think her ring work is phenomenal. And I'm not just saying, you know, again, because she's from Boston, came from New England Pro Wrestling Academy, came from Chaotic, held the women's championship in Chaotic. You know, no big deal, no big deal. But, you know, I, I think that it's incredible to see just how far she's come for being such a young person. And that's why I want to put the spotlight on her and say, you know what, Sasha Banks, you're fucking killing it. And I can't believe you're 29. And that's a compliment. Yeah, she's she's definitely killing it. She's a star. It's cool that she uh, trained and um, came from New England Pro Wrestling Academy near us and is a chaotic born and bred. You know, so Sasha, you should totally come on the podcast one day. Um, <laughs> one day soon, you know, reach out. <laughs> you reach out to us. We're, we're clearly big time. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, so uh, yeah, th- there's nothing more to add about Sasha Banks. You said it all. Um, great in the ring. She's not my favorite on the mic, but I'm still, uh, I, I still, I still uh, really enjoy Sasha Banks because she's so good in the ring. And um, she does have the look of a star, and she's a star. Yeah, that ends Young Studs tonight. Spotlight. Um, you know, we got, I have like a whole list planned, and I'm sure um, Billy has people in mind too. And, um, Definitely look forward to talking about more. So, yeah, let's move on to our fantasy booking segment. Yes, and welcome to another edition of How Would You Book Them? Where we strap on our fantasy booking hats for storyline dreams, and so a writing team will hire us. Juice... What we have on the plate tonight is is a really interesting one because it's actually one we're going to go back in retrospect. I know a lot of the fantasy booking things we've looked at is kind of looking towards the future, but here we're going to be looking not too far in the past, but still in the past nonetheless. What if during the casino ladder match for the Joker, we hit the three, two, one, and you hear, CM Punk walks out, cult of personality, blaring through the speakers. Crowd, do you think goes nuts? Uh, I think they still go nuts. Um, obviously, Hangman got quite the pop, and um, I think there were, the Twitter people would some would be mad about him not being the choice. I think the live crowd would still pop because it's CM Punk, and everyone loves CM Punk, and he gets so much noise. And um, I think that be a good choice too. Uh, I think it. It seems like he's more about just putting over younger talent and wrestling new people they've never wrestled before. And these younger guys, these Darbys, these uh, Daniel Garcias and people like that, Punk and Kenny for the title would be money. And I'd, I'd like to see that. Um, so, yeah, uh, how would I book it? Um, I think if he was a joker, though, I saw him one of the winners because Kenny would be a money feud i'd have them wrestle at full gear and then actually i think at that point i'd make it a triple threat i would actually drag out daniel bryan and sit down bryan wrestle kenny before that i'd have uh punk versus daniel bryan versus kenny they have a banger and the leak kind of attack them and then um 
you know, they they hold their own. They take out everyone except Kenny. But Kenny's the last man standing. Kenny's like, I'm untouchable. And I brought down both these men. These men who just, after fighting a wrestling match, uh, took on six members of the league, took them down. But they couldn't take me down even after I wrestled in a triple threat against them. And then uh, then Hangman comes out at that point. <laughs> I still need me Hangman versus Kenny. <laughs> I like that. I definitely do. I think that I would agree if CM Punk was indeed the Joker. I think I still have him winning. I think that a big part of what I would have CM Punk winning for is I would put him over about how he has, I would insinuate rather, whether it's through commentary or CM Punk promo, that he has won two Money in the Bank matches before. So he's not like he's unfamiliar in big stake ladder matches that give you championship opportunities. I think that we would have Punk come out and be very cocky, a very cocky baby face, and pretty much just say that somewhere, something along the lines of the elite have run roughshod over AEW. Kenny thinks he's untouchable, but I'm the best in the world. He might be the best bout machine, but I am still the best in the world. And then probably have some, some lead up maybe some beat downs, probably still have some six, eight man tags with Christian Cage and we had the uh, Jurassic Express and then come to, I, I would probably put the match at full gear still. And I would probably have punk lose to Kenny in a, you know, probably in an overwhelming fashion where the elite just truly become too much. And as you said, I'm still debuting Hangman as well. I think that Hangman coming out at the end to save Punk and standing tall over the elite is definitely a good way to build. You know, that it gives, I think it really would give the storyline a lot to marinate. Not that the storyline really needs a lot to marinate in itself, but, you know, I, my only concern would be if they, since Hangman was the Joker and if full gear you know, the time between then and now, again, I don't want to say that the feud, I feel like could be rushed, but it it doesn't really need to be. The story is writes itself. And I mean, obviously Hangman being the Joker, again, writes itself right there. But I think Punk would put on a great match with Kenny. I I think Kenny, you know, again, still goes over, but I would do it to some elite shenanigans, probably have Jurassic Express or Christian Cage come out too, just to have an even the odds moment. So Kenny gets a clean-ish win. You know, I, I wouldn't want it necessarily to be a dusty finish regardless because I know AEW is not really about those and I'm not about to fantasy book AEW a, a main event finish that they don't normally do. Yeah, Hangman stands tall at the end. Punk and Christian and Jurassic Express are standing there with him, welcoming back while the fans are all changed chanting for Hangman. Okay, very similar. similar. And I love that yours still ends with Hangman coming out. Because, uh, as you know, I'm a hangman, Mark. Yeah, that ends up a fantasy booking segment. How, segment, uh, how would you book them? Um, and that actually ends uh, the podcast as well. Everything that we had planned. Um, remember, uh, T-O-T-C, oh, uh, capital letters, underscore, capital P-O-D, uh, is our Twitter handle. Um, and then Instagram, it's T-O-T-C, underscore, pod, but it's lowercase letters. Um, on Twitter, the the handle is that um, names, but uh, I the actual like the name I use is Top of the Cage Podcast, and it'll, it'll come up that way too. You know, I the plan was to do that for the name and then uh, Instagram Top of the Cage Podcast, but Instagram won't let you do spaces. <laughs> so, 
so yeah so uh t-o-t-c underscore pod is our handles for both yep thank you for listening uh i hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll uh listen to you we'll see well we won't see you <laughs> you'll listen to us next time and make sure you're listening to our interviews agreed <laughs> <laughs>